What is up? Welcome back to, to the crib. We are um, sadly going to be missing one of our beloved co-hosts today. Um, Mr. Michael has found himself out of town and is not going to be able to join us. So you're just stuck with me, Caleb, and Noah. Yo. So We miss you, Michael. Yeah, we do miss Michael. Miss you more than the world. <laughs> so we've got a pretty interesting week for you this week. There's a lot going on for those of you guys that have been keeping up with the Instagram or just with the NFL in general. You'll see that there's a lot of stuff have been happening. So we're going to start off. We're going to talk about some of the franchise tags that we saw, you know, early on in the week. The deadline was March 8th. So, you know, all the tags that we see were before Tuesday. Then we're going to get into some trade rumors. There's some people that are either talking about moving or have already been moved. So we're going to spend some time discussing that. And then we're going to just go on to talk about some big trades that could potentially alter divisions and alter the league, maybe. Um, with that being said, first thing we're going to start off, how's your guys' week been? Anything exciting? Just, uh, just the NFL going insane. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, NFL pretty much. going insane. <laughs> Yes, which is typical around this time of the year. People always think that, you know, the NFL kind of dies down in the offseason. And stuff does, you know, die down a little bit. But when you really dig into it, there's a lot of good stuff and good information to, you know, break down and to look at. So our first thing that we're going to discuss is franchise tags. We had a few big ones, a few surprises this week. Um, But... First one we're going to start off with is one that I think wasn't very surprising, and that was Mr. Devontae Adams. Yeah, uh, we kind of – we were waiting on Aaron Rodgers to get signed. Once Aaron Rodgers got signed, then then the Packers were like, okay, let's franchise tag Devontae. They gave him an unrestricted franchise tag, so that means teams can still offer him contracts. If he likes it, the team likes it. They can sign him, but they have to give up two first-round picks to the Packers. So I can I think it kind of works for both sides because if we lose Devontae, we still get two first-round picks for him, so we don't just lose him in free agency. But I think that, like Connor said, that was just not really surprising after Aaron Rodgers signed. The Packers are trying to keep everyone together. But Devontae Adams had another incredible season last season. He had 123 catches for 1,553 yards and 11 touchdowns. Pretty solid for a receiver. I mean, it's kind of overshadowed by Cooper Cup's triple crown, but Devontae still had a very good season. So that doesn't surprise me. Any other thoughts on Devontae Adams? I know you know we're not going to spend a whole lot of time because we do have a few people to get through. So we're going to try to keep the description of each kind of short. So with that being said, we move on to the second wide receiver that we have tagged this year. And that is none other than the one Chris Godwin. And yes, there's, a lot, there's a lot to, to break down there, you know, with, the, <laughs> you know, vacancy of the quarterback position and truly the uncertainty of what it's going to look like. It's a potentially a risking signing, but we're excited to see how it pans out. What do you think with our in-house Buccaneer fan? What do you think? So, I, I see it like as, as a Bucks fan, I, I am extremely happy to see the return of Chris Godwin this season. That dude is extremely important to the offense. The offense just doesn't look the same no matter who you have at quarterback when Chris Godwin is not on the field. That being said, I I am not really a fan of this of this franchise tag in the fact that we have we franchise tagged him last year. So we've had a full, like an entire season to extend him, and we still have not agreed on a contract extension. So that that alone kind of scares me just a little bit. But I mean, he had, I mean, it, in 2021, he had 98 catches for 1,103 yards and five touchdowns before his season was unfortunately cut short against the New Orleans Saints, mm. and and he had to miss the rest of the season with the with the leg injury. But nonetheless, nonetheless. By far, probably probably the most important player on that offense. Love you, Mike Evans. But the offense just doesn't look the same with Chris Godwin not on the field. So I love it, but I hate it. Yeah, it's it's such you know so polarizing you know as far as what's going to happen. 
So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who's throwing him the rock and, you know, if he can be productive with it. I'm sure he will be, but we'll have to see what can happen. That takes us on to, we're going to move into our, you know, specialty wide receivers, if you will, and that's our tight ends. We actually had a fair few tight ends that were tagged this year, um, namely Dalton Schultz, David Njoku, and Mike Gusecki. So we're going to start off with the first one there named, which was Dalton Schultz. He, he had a year. He had a solid year for a tight end, actually, especially in that Cowboys offense with uh, Mark Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. Gallup was yes. there for a little bit before he got hurt. They run the ball with Zeke like 45 times a game. Hot take. Zeke's not going to be the starting running back next year. I love Tony that. Tony Pollard is so much better than Zeke. <laughs> wow, Caleb, no love for Cedric Wilson, huh? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Cedric Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Two touchdowns he had last year. <laughs> He had a lot more than two touchdowns. He's pretty solid. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, Caleb. But Dalton Schultz, I mean, he had 78 catches for 808 yards and eight touchdowns. As yeah. a tight end in that offense, that's that's actually very good. So I think this was a very smart franchise tag by the Cowboys. Yes, I think it's smart because I think had they not tagged him, he might be playing in a different system this year. He's 73% catching accuracy in the last two years. So he's only had eight uh, – yeah, he has eight drops on 193 targets. So, like, that's – I'll take that from a tight end. <laughs> like, don't, don't get it twisted at all. That's, that's great. Oh, uh, yeah. The other one is yours personally, you know, Mike Gesicki. Um, we actually just talked about, you know, somebody only having two receiving touchdowns. Mike Gesicki. Only had two receiving touchdowns. <laughs> so, you know, we're hoping to get him a little bit more involved. But, you know, he's one of those players that always does his job. He's so great at just, you know, filling whatever role is needed. And we saw that this year. I mean, they went eight for nine in their last nine games. And he still only had, you know, two receiving touchdowns. Now, he's fifth in the league in targets and receptions among tight ends. But he's also eighth in the league among receiving yards with 780 receiving yards last year. So that's not terrible. You know, all things considered, he's not one of these players that, you know, you're going to pay $60, $70 million to. But he's going to get you the money that you paid him. He was drafted in 2018 in the second round. And I think he's he's been worth the money that he was paid. And that takes us to David Njoku, our final tight end. And Joku's one of those weird players where he shows flashes where you're like, whoa. And then he also just does nothing. Like one of the games I was I was looking at the stats, one game he had two catches for 11 yards. It's great. But <laughs> it's also hard because his quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and Baker Mayfield, is very up and down. He's good some games. He's really bad other games. He's very but, hit or miss. And Joku only played 11 games last year. But yeah. in those 11 games, he had 36 catches for 475 yards and four touchdowns. So it's not as good as the other tight ends we've been talking about, but it's still solid for that Browns offensive system. Yeah, that system that, you know, frankly, I think David Njoku, if that offense wants to be successful, they've got to get him more involved. They've got to get him making plays. And so I think it's a smart tag for them because if – if they're truly going to run with Baker Mayfield, which it seems like at this point that they might, they're going to have to use somebody like David to be big in that offense and to go and make plays when they need it. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him in this upcoming season. Now we move into some of my favorite players on the team, the big boys. We had two offensive tackles that were franchise tagged this year. One, a little bit – Surprising one, you know, not as surprising. The first one is Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson was not at all a shocking franchise tag, and I'll tell you why. That man, so when you have Trevor Lawrence in your offense and you, and you have a quarterback, you know, he's young, developing, what is, what is one of the main things that you need? Offensive line. Last okay. season, Cam Robinson played 856 snaps. He had five penalties and allowed – one sack. You cannot let a guy like that walk in free agency. You just can't. You no. you have you have to franchise tag the offensive line. Get 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 the big boys up front. 
like for for Trevor Lawrence, give him time in the pocket, because Trevor Lawrence in Clemson, we saw when he had time in the pocket, he was he was incredible. He's money. This this season though with the Jaguars, you know, a young a young developing team still got to build around that offensive line, but the one like the main star off that offensive line was Cam Robinson. So I think I think that is a very very good tag and one that I wasn't I was not shocked with at all. I don't know that I was shocked that much with it. You know, the only kind of surprising thing for me was the talks that we've heard about them, you know, drafting a tackle, such a, you know, offensive defensive line, heavy draft class. So there was a lot of talks about, you know, them taking a tackle with the number one overall pick. So now it throws a wrench in it, you know, who I mean, they, they still could, you never know. I mean, they, they still go, could, they could but, snag a right tackle and get, get the two tackles, you know, the most important part of the offensive line, get those, get those covered, get those good. And you're good for the future with your tackles. So you, you never know. It'll be very interesting to see where they go. Very interesting. And to build off of that, our other offensive tackle is Mr. Orlando Brown Jr. This man at the Chiefs is a menace. He's got 1,127 snaps. That's eighth among offensive linemen at snaps. He's only had seven penalties. And 1,000 snaps, only seven penalties. That's more than some players get in a game if they're having a bad game. <clears throat> Richard Sherman. Not a lie. <laughs> so, yeah. And then he's, you know, a little bit worse than Cam Robinson in the sack department, having allowed four sacks. But we know that that's not a bad number. And Patrick Mahomes can still get that ball out, even if he's got a little bit of pressure on him. So I think with the consistency of how healthy he's been, um, the fact that he was a third overall or third round pick in the 2018 draft, just like Mike Kosicki. He's still on, this is the, was the end of his rookie contract. So he's, you know, up to be making some money soon. So it's good that they were able to uh, tag him now while they can. And we're going to see if he pans out, if he continues to grow into this true offensive tackle that this league and this team needs, you know, if they can build an even stronger offensive line, around Patrick Mahomes. We know what that man can do, and it's dangerous. So it'll be interesting to see where that line goes. Now we move on to our final tag of this offseason. The one and only defensive player from a team that surprised most of us throughout the season. And that is the Cincinnati Bengals with their tagging of Jesse Bates. So what do we think about that? What do we think about the Jesse Bates tag? Well, he was the only defensive player tagged for a reason. If you watched a single Bengals game this season, you know that man is their, the most important player on that defense. The, the stats may not show it. He only had 88 tackles and one interception last year. But it's not about the stat sheet. It's about, uh, it's about the eye test. And the eye test, that man is by far the most important player on that defense. Stats, stats don't show it, but the eyes do. Is, yes. is how I see it. He's a great so, leader, too. He's like the captain of that defense. Great, he great locker well. room guy. Uh, staff, the staff on the Bengals have always spoke very highly of him. He's, you know, he's that leader on defense. He, he's just a game changer on that defense. I agree. It's crazy that, you know, this team that we didn't think much of this going into the season made it to the Super Bowls, and a lot of that was on the backs of this man, Jesse Bates. Uh, and so, you know, I think when we look at it, he allowed 30 receptions, you know, on 36 targets. That's not bad from a safety. He's not a corner mm-hmm. that you're putting into, you know, one on one coverage, you know, 30, 20 times a game, right? So, the fact that, you know, he's only allowed 30 is not terrible. And so I think, you know, you're right. It does speak values that he was the only defensive player tagged. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. We know that Joe Burrow is the leader of that offense. And Jesse Bates is the leader of that defense. If they can, you know, continue to build those the team around those two players, that's going to be, be dangerous. It already is dangerous. And it's, it's only going to be more dangerous to you to build. So, having said that, any other thoughts on franchise tags 
Um, these were all were all non-exclusive tags, meaning that these players could get traded, but it's unlikely. I no, think they're I think, all smart. Which one besides, surprises you the most of all the tags? David uh, and Joku. Chris Godwin. What? David and well, Joku. I I thought they were going to figure out a long-term deal for Chris Godwin before, and then they just did. So they just. That's a touchy subject, man. They just fran- they got they got panicked and just franchise tagged him because they we wanted didn't, to walk. We didn't panic. We had until the four p.m. deadline, and he, we we couldn't get the talks done in time, so we franchise tagged him. We're still working on uh, an extension. It, it could come any day now. We have until like I think the I think July is the deadline. Yeah, so we've so got July plenty of time. Seventh or eighth, something. Yeah, like we've that. got we've got plenty of time. No, the franchise tag that that surprised me the most. I mean, it had to be David and Joku. I mean. I mean, David Njoku, the, the franchise tag for tight ends is expected to be around $10.834 million. So is David Njoku really worth $10.83 million in just one se- in just one year? Probably not with how much he's been on the field. He's that's, injured a lot. So that's how I see it. That's what makes him the most surprising to me. It's, it's not the fact that he got tagged. It's, it's the price value involved with it. Yeah, I don't know if he's worth ten million. That's a lot for a player that maybe might play ten games. And I mean, yeah. you never know. Inju- like injuries are super unpredictable. So, like, I mean, hey, David Njoku, if for some off chance you're listening to this man, go please go prove me wrong. But I just, <laughs> I, I just don't think I would, I would love for David Njoku to, to to listen and, and prove me wrong and, and to just be make the, me feel like an idiot this year. I would love that. Make, I'm not the Browns. Make me feel fan, like an idiot. But it would be quite interesting to see. But so that's that's how I see it. What about you, Connor? What was your what was your who was most surprising for you? There was a few that surprised me. Um, one of them, I don't know that I would say this was the most surprising, but I was a little bit surprised by the Devonte Adams one because I didn't think that Aaron Rodgers was going to stay, and I knew that if he left, Devonte Adams was probably gone. Uh, but you know, now that he stayed, I'm quite you know less. Surprised having seen that. But I think the one that really just surprised me the most was probably, and I hate to say this because I love the guy, was Dalton Schultz. Now, we talked about, you know, he is so good at what he does, but I just don't know that I would risk franchising tag, franchise tagging. In that, you know, super unpredictable offense, there's no telling, you know, when they're going to be successful, if they're going to be successful. And I think, you know, putting it on a tight end who, frankly, hasn't had much involvement in the offense, it could come back to bite them. But it, it's one of those ones that's either going to work out really well or it's going to completely flop. Because he's either going to be, you know, one of your main guys – or he's going to take the back seat and going to have production that could be replaced by somebody worth four to five million. Uh, we talked about the fact that you know it's like ten point nine million dollars is what the tag is for tight so, ends. Yeah, exactly for tight ends. So I, I just I don't know that I agree that what he's going to produce you couldn't pay less for. See, I, I see, I see I, I see what you're saying, but. Uh, we will have more more of a discussion for that with with our next like upcoming thing talk, which is potential trade trades that, that we've that we've heard that that are yes. that could be going down. So like, who who are some names that you guys have heard? And I will start us off because I want to build off Connor's point of Amari Cooper. We talked about him last week. Yeah. Amari Cooper is on the move. So if Amari Cooper is on the move, they re-sign Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz. I mean he. I mean he. He has a bigger role in that offense now, unless they unless they go and they draft a receiver in the first round, which I don't really see happening. But if you if you move Amari Cooper, then all of a sudden Dalton Schultz becomes more valuable because he Amari Cooper is one is one less guy that you can feed. Dalton Schultz is one more guy that you can feed. That's just how I see it. Yeah, no, that's one of the ones that, like I was saying, I think he has potential to be big in that offense, but. Dak particularly just doesn't get his tight ends as involved as I think he should historically, both in the NFL and college. I think he just needs to, you know, focus on them more as 
a receiver that they want the ball to go into their hands. You know, we see these huge tight ends like, you know, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, these guys, you know, going out and they're making players miss. They're like highlight tapes every time they touch the ball. And I think, you know, these three tight ends that were tagged this year could very much be similar to that if put in the right positions. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can see that. I agree with that as well. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I do agree with, to your point that it is, it's either going to go extremely well or flop. I I do agree with that. I don't think there's really much of an in-between. Right. So there's not going to be another mediocre season like what he had this year. I mean, I mean, the best dad can do is a QB draw. So (laughs) sorry, Cowboy fans. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. There's no need for all that. Okay, okay. Um, anyway, we're shifting everything back. Okay, go ahead. I haven't heard potential trades, but I have heard two receivers for the Packers. Um, Marquez Valdez Scantling. They they predict his market is ten million a year. I don't know if he's the type of guy that I want the Packers to re sign for what he's producing. I don't think he's producing enough for ten million a year. I don't think he's on the field as much as he needs to be. He's when he's on the field, he's he changes the whole game plan of the defense because he's such a deep threat that they have to make sure they have two deep safeties, or Marquez Valdez can just burn you over the top. I don't know if how much he's been on the field. I don't know if he's worth the ten million dollars. That's just me. I don't know if you guys see anything different, but from watching him, I don't know if he's worth ten million dollars a year. I mean, you're the Packer expert here, and we we don't have Michael this week, so. We're just going to have to take their word for it. Don't you be lying to us. Uh, the other receiver I've seen, there's rumors that Alan Lazard is being looked at by the Patriots. Ooh. I think he's one of the more underrated receivers in the league. He has a very good catch rate. He doesn't really drop balls very much. Uh, he has a When he's thrown to, he has one of the best QBRs in the league. So, I mean, it's just – I hope he doesn't go to the Patriots because that would make the Patriots good again. But <laughs> – because the Patriots really do need receivers. They need receivers. They do. That's like the only thing really. <laughs> really missing. I like how uh, I like how Kev's more focused on the, on the Patriots becoming good again rather than the Packers losing one of their best receivers. That's the first thing that he says. <laughs> hey, we don't want those those powerhouses to build it up again. I mean, yeah. we'll just we'll just have to see. Yeah. So hey. some of the some of the names. Okay, go ahead, Connor. No, you got it. Okay, so some of the names that I have seen tossed around, two of them actually coming out of Dallas. Number one is Amari Cooper, which we've talked about a lot. And then the other one is actually Leo Collins, their right tackle. Mm-hmm. They're, look, they're looking to move him. So mm. what do you guys think is a good I – mean, I mean, the number one choice here has to be if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, you have the 31st pick in the draft. You have to make a move on this, right? Is that just me? You you have to make a move on this. All they want is like a first round pick, maybe maybe toss in like a player, maybe toss in like a like a fifth round pick. Leo Collins is one of the best tackles in the league, I would say. So if if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, do you do you call up the Dallas Cowboys and say, hey, we'll give you the thirty first pick in the draft, we'll toss in a fifth rounder, ship us Leo Collins. What do you got? How do you guys feel about that? I like it. But I have my hesitations. Uh, Collins only played 671 snaps this season, um, which is, you know, almost half of some of these big name tackles that we've seen. Uh, And I mean, I think he could be, you know, great with playing for the Bengals. I think that's what they need. They, They really do. They're like a few offensive linemen away from being the strongest team in the NFL right now. And, I think it wouldn't be a terrible idea, but I don't know that the Cowboys would give him up for just one, uh, just one draft pick. Well, that, that's why I was, said like the thirty-first pick, maybe toss him like a fourth-round, fifth-round pick, because like, yeah. because they want they want to ship him off because like his his contract is supposed to be pretty big, and he and he missed yeah. most of the season last year due to injury. So so they're looking to get rid of him. Yeah, he also so, had a five-game suspension last year. Yeah. Do, do you think do you think the Jaguars take a shot? Do you think he's worth a number one overall pick? Absolutely no. not. 
No, I was going to say I, I didn't think so. I think if they if they would want to get a tackle with that number one overall pick, I would draft. Oh yeah, with the class sure. that you get, you take one of those as your number one. For sure. Now having just tagged um, Cam Robinson, I don't think that they're looking to take a tackle number one. They may, but I think they're looking to strengthen up that defensive line and to really improve their pass rush. So yeah, Josh Allen needs help. The better Josh Allen needs help. I could Josh Allen. I could see the Jags even potentially moving back in the in the in the NFL draft and trading back and then just snagging one of the guys like Ika McQuanu at pick six or pick seven if one of these other teams are looking to move up like the Panthers. Yeah. I could see that. That makes sense for them to do. I mean, what, what would you get? That that pick and then like the second or third? Potentially. I mean, or players, depending on you know where you trade to, you could pick up yeah. a better tackle, or you could pick up you know a stronger linebacker or something, depending on. Just take Saquon you know. from the Giants. <laughs> they seem like they don't want him anymore. I don't I mean, know that anyone wants Saquon. The Giants, just, the Giants also just refuse to help him at all. So that's, I mean, that is true, but. Oh, but the Jaguars story. don't really need running backs, though. They got, I mean, James, James Robinson Drummond. and Etienne. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. But I mean, there's also guys on the on the Giants like maybe they're looking to move one of their receivers, like Sterling Shepard. So you so you toss in Sterling Shepard in the fifth, and like what 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 pick do they have? The fifth fifth overall pick. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you toss you toss in Sterling Shepard and your and your pick because they I mean they they have two top ten picks. So if they really wanted to, they could just they could just toss in both those picks, move up move up to number one. Jaguars move back to five and. Whatever other pick they have, I think it's I don't, like the I don't know six, that they seven, would trade eight. away both. But they're number one or they're top you could, ten. You could also just like saw some like Sterling Shepard and then one of their two top ten picks move up to that first overall pick. Use and then they, they select Evan Neal, then all of a sudden their offensive line gets boosted, and all of a sudden that offensive line becomes much better than it has been for seasons. Yeah. For who knows how long. Oh yeah. So There's a I lot think, that's going to happen before the draft. It, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see where we go. And I can't wait to see what happens um, before the draft and then even on draft day. We know stuff changes every single day. And then during the draft, stuff changes every minute. And so it'll yeah, be interesting to see. You don't remember Aaron Rodgers last year? <laughs> he was like, I don't want to be a Packer anymore. And everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, hold on. Yeah. So another big name, though, that has just recently come out. The biggest like, name. Probably. This, probably this the is biggest, the biggest name left, yes, anyway. Is Deshaun Watson. The man who didn't play last season because of the allegations against him. Uh, I read something earlier today that said that all of the allegations were being dropped. Now, we're not going to get into, you know, whether or not that's right, because that's not our decision to make. This is this but, is a sports podcast. We don't we don't gotta talk about right, stuff like that. But should they be dropped, he is now, you know, free to go and free to be He's traded. Free. And there's some teams that would trade a pretty penny to pick up a Deshaun Watson. What do you guys or, think? Where do you think? How okay, this is where I see him going, unfortunately. Is the Carolina Panthers. Yes. Um a thing came out which is like this is another name that, that has been tossed around in trade rumors. Christian McCaffrey has been tossed around in, in trade rumors. So if you're looking to get Deshaun Watson and you offer the Texans Christian McCaffrey the sixth overall pick in a few, in like in future draft picks, that is that is a very, very nice return for for the Texans. That is that is something that they would want. However, Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause on his contract, meaning he has to sign off on any trade that, that gets done. So if yeah. if the Panthers if the Panthers offered like this giant like this giant package like Christian McCaffrey sixth overall pick this year a first next year and like maybe maybe like two seconds and the the Texans are like absolutely and Deshaun Watson is like no then they can't do anything about that so that's a it really lot does for Deshaun Watson it really does come I mean that's what they're asking for like they want they asked I mean there's there's a rumor going around that the Dolphins might make a move on him and, they offered like three firsts in like two seconds not. or something like that. Oh they, fired, the, they fired Brian Flores because of it. <laughs> I mean, right. the Dolphins. The Dolphins are not going after him. So I, I can see the not. Panthers. 
it's looking like Panthers and Seahawks make the most sense. Yes. Um, in terms of having assets, the Buccaneers have the worst chance of getting him just based on uh, based off assets, but based off roster. Uh, Deshaun. I mean, I feel like I feel like the Bucks probably have the best all around roster for Deshaun. I mean, you get Deshaun Watson in there. You got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Good. You got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin to throw to potentially Gronk if he decides to come back. Um, and then, and then like that defense is just so young and like Sha- Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, Devin White, Levante David, all those guys that that'll be back next season. But we don't have the assets because I mean the Panthers and Seahawks have two top ten picks. But again, it all comes down to Deshaun Watson signing off on a trade. So yeah. Deshaun Watson is also him and him and Bruce Arians are also very close. So I could I could see him wanting to go to the Bucks, but in terms of assets, the Bucks would have to give up more because we have less. If that makes sense. That's exactly that's my fear. Is I I do agree that I think he would enjoy and it would be dangerous if Deshaun Watson was playing down in Tampa. But I just don't know that they can afford him. You know, I just don't know that they have the, you know, cap space or the assets like you're talking about with picks and stuff like that to get what he's asking for. I I do think that the most likely place that Deshaun Watson plays is in Carolina. He's got a very similar style to what we saw from probably Carolina's most iconic quarterback ever. Cam Newton. I see a lot of resemblance. You know, obviously, Deshaun Watson doesn't have the same build as Cam Newton. Really, no quarterback in the league is built like Cam Newton. That man's a tank. But he's he got a very... Yeah, I know. He can run. He just can't throw. Yeah, exactly. But Deshaun Watson reminds me a lot of you know the way that he plays in the sense that he's a threat no matter where on the court or the field he is. And so I think... It's going to be interesting to see where he lands. Um, hopefully in the next week or so, we'll hear some more talks. Um, the Panthers did say that they were ready to be aggressive in trading for Deshaun Watson. Now, I don't know what exactly that means, but I, to me that means they're willing to give up a lot if they get him. So we'll have to see where that goes. But how, how appealing of a roster do the Panthers have? Like, was that, Is that somewhere that Deshaun would want to go? Because, I mean, if McCaffrey's part of the trade, he doesn't have McCaffrey. Uh, there's rumors that Robbie Anderson might get shipped off to New England. So now, now you're down McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson. Those are two, two targets that he could potentially have. And the Panthers won't have the sixth pick in the draft. They won't have, they won't have like, probably, probably, their first two, probably their first two picks this year. So they don't really have much to, to build around Deshaun if they start moving some of their guys. Plus that offensive line is just – yeah, TJ like Moore is really good. The definition of mid, but Tommy Tremble. I mean, Tommy Tremble. Tommy Tremble. The Notre Dame is. guy's not here today. Come on, now we're not going to talk about Tommy Tremble. Shout out, and uh, Chuba Hubbard. I know it's Chuba, but it's basically Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard's I mean, a pretty decent back. I mean, yeah, but it's Chuba Hubbard. So, so it's Chuba Hubbard and DJ Moore better than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin or DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, but the Texans also have to agree on the trade. Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be the most interesting thing. Is I mean, they both have to agree on the trade. The first so. step is going to be getting the teams to agree on a trade that's fair. And, and from Sean. what I've seen, I don't know that the Bucks have enough that their teams would agree. I think that if they got a deal, Deshaun Washington probably would accept it. But I don't know that the teams would agree on a trade there. And – you know, conversely with the Panthers, you know, I think it'd be not very hard to get the teams to agree on a trade. You know, one of their stars wants out, they need to replace him with another star. But I don't know that Deshaun Watson would want to go play for that. So Do you think the Seahawks are one of those teams? And that's that's why I listed DK and Lockett, because I think I think the Seahawks could also be because I mean D, you have you have DK, Lockett, and then you have Noah Fant who just came in from that Russell Wilson trade that we'll that we'll discuss later. But yeah, you, I you mean, need to you boost have, that you offensive have, line, though. Yeah, but those three, um, you do need to boost the O line a little bit. Uh, Rashad Penny at running back, pretty solid. Uh, Chris Carson, those two, a, a nice little, a nice little dual threat running back. Who do you then, send in a trade? I guess Bobby Wagner, because Bobby yeah, he, wants out. You could always just ship Bobby out. Bobby's already, Bobby's already been cut, man. 
Oh, never mind. Yeah. I heard rumors that Tyler Lockett could be traded. I mean, so... so, Okay, go ahead, Connor. I've heard rumors of both uh, Tyler Lockett and DK wanting out. Uh, From a guy that actually, like, reports on... What's it called? The Seahawks. I've heard, you know, they both want out. But, you know, I'm sure... I'm sure if, you know... Pete Carroll goes to DK and says, "Hey, we're getting Deshaun Watson." DK is probably staying. I mean, yes, but again, like, say, 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 one of those two or both get moved, is that going to be appealing to Deshaun Watson? Is Deshaun Watson going to want that? So that's what it because it's going to be real tough because we 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 already know that, that the Texans and Deshaun are not on a in, like in a good place right now. Deshaun has been frustrated. He's wanted out for what is it two years now? So. Just about. He, he he has wanted out for a while, so they're not they're not in a good place. So I don't know how willing Deshaun Watson will be, like like to I get think, out of there. But at, but at the same time, he he probably will be willing because he wants to get out of there. Yeah, I was gonna say I think you're you're underselling it. You know, obviously he doesn't want to be sent to a team that has no potential, but I think he would rather go to a team with semi potential than stay with the Texans. So I mean. He, I mean, yes, but what he can do is like say the Panthers have like an offer, and he's like, he's like, okay, I'll think about it, or like not even that. He'll just be like, well, what if I want to play for the Bucks? Can you guys talk to the Bucks? I'm just using the Bucks as an as an example. I'm all good with Kyle Trask, but um, so so they're like, okay, well let's go, let's go talk to the Bucks, and then the Texans and the Bucks can't agree on a trade, so they go back to Deshaun. They're like, hey, we we uh, we couldn't get a trade done. So so does Deshaun just take the happy medium and go to the Panthers instead, or does he push the Texans and say? Tampa is where I want to be. Make this happen. I think at some point the Texans push back and decide that they're not going to push for that. Because like you were saying, they're not on the best of terms. So as much as he wants out and they kind of want him out, they're not going to just do everything that he wants because of the fact that they're not on the best terms. And the fact that, you know, they're still running a business. So they still have to do what is best for the Texans. So, I don't know. I think we've spent enough time discussing uh, Deshaun Watson. We don't have much to go off of yet, so this is all just speculation. Well, another factor about Deshaun Watson, how does he play? He hasn't played in two years. How does I he mean, look? I mean, yeah, but you can't you can't judge that. That's what people said about Gronk when we, when we signed Gronk back, and Gronk did just fine. It's. I mean, you can't tell me that Deshaun Watson probably hasn't been he yeah, hasn't been working out every single day. He's been, hasn't been in the gym a, every single day. Working out as a tight end is a whole lot different than working out as a quarterback. Quarterback, you kind of need to be on the field and read defenses and things like that. When he hasn't been on the field in two years, defenses have probably shifted. I don't but know what he'll like. What he'll do is he'll come in, and then he'll start studying playbooks. Uh, maybe, maybe he'll get more run in preseason. Maybe they'll maybe they'll let him play more in preseason, get used to it. Get him on the field again. Get used to preseason. Have him have him run those three games. See how he's doing. See how he's doing. I don't know. I'm just saying that's another factor. You don't know how he's going to play after two years. Yeah, there's there's a yes, lot. Like, this is a. I would I would agree with that. That we don't know how he's going to play, but he is a very smart player. Oh yeah. Just like you know these other big quarterbacks, you know Aaron Rodgers and these other guys. They're smart players, even though they're not playing. They're watching the game. They're you know you know that they're still paying attention. It doesn't take long for them to get back into the swing of playing the sport. And so, you know, again, I think we've discussed enough there. There's not a whole yeah, lot sorry, that we just... can break down. <laughs> but we do need to discuss, you know, some of the trades that have actually happened or non-trades. Uh, I think most notably, we kind of hit it on, on it earlier when we were discussing franchise tags. Um, with Devontae Adams, right? We said, really, the, I think the main reason he stayed is because they, for some strange reason, paid Aaron Rodgers the money that he wanted. And so hey Aaron now. Rodgers is hey not... Now. That's not his real contract. We don't know what his real contract looks like yet. I know, but I can't imagine it being far from that. I've heard rumors that it's, it's going to be cap-friendly in the first two years. And then the last two years are going to be void years. So, like, he can play two years and retire if he wants to. That's what I've heard. But we won't know until the contract actually comes out. Because Aaron said he hasn't physically signed anything yet. He literally said that on his Twitter. 
I mean, all he's all he's done so far is just like verbally agree to play for the Packers. That's all he's done. He's just like verbally agreed, like I'm coming back next season. And but the contract hasn't hasn't been signed yet, so we we still don't know about that one. Yeah, but but you know it's not going to be a small contract. Nor is it truly going to be a contract that the Packers can really afford. I mean, the man's won two straight MVPs (laughs) and zero Super Bowls. Yeah, because he doesn't have a team around him because he's asking for too much money. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's yes. his fault, not mine. I agree with that statement. Yeah, I love to watch Aaron Rodgers play. He's so smart. He's so good with the ball. We talked about it a few weeks back that, you know, he doesn't really turn the ball over ever. You know, he's one of the most oh, consistent no. quarterbacks. He only had four interceptions last year, and two were in the first game against the Saints where he played like – we didn't know what was foot, what football was. Yeah, we, exactly. we don't talk about that game. Exactly right. So, so he had two interceptions he in do. seventeen weeks. But I mean, I mean, he also didn't play to, a few weeks. Go ahead, Connor. Part of it comes down to his ego, though. You know, we said the reason that he's not won Super Bowls is because you can't build a super team around you if you're asking for fifty million dollars. You know, when we see the likes of people like Tom Brady, right? They get this strong team around them. Because they're only making 15, 20, 30 million dollars a year, right? Which leaves teams with a lot of cap space to build around. But if you're asking for 50 million dollars, if I remember correctly, the cap, uh, the Packers cap this upcoming year was like, I think it was 216 million. That's about a quarter of their potential cap for the year. Yeah. Like you can't build, like I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. Is it's that, you know, that's a lot of money. And he may be worth that money, but you've still got, you know, 36 other positions that have to be filled out, right? They're not, you know, these, all these bench positions that you can pay, oh, here's a $100,000. Right? It's not a practice squad that they're running out of the money on. It's, you know, a team that is strong enough to compete with some of these other strong teams in the NFL. You can't win a Super Bowl with three, you know, good star players and the rest, you know, bunch of bums, right? You've got to be able to build a full team around it. And to be honest, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers wins another Super Bowl. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers wins. He's just asking for too much money. He's not going to have a strong enough team around him. I I think if we can hit – we need we need to draft a receiver in the draft. If we can hit on a receiver in the draft, that will be huge to put along with Devontae if he stays. Because the last couple of years, yeah, he's had like decent. Marquez Valdez can they can't stay on the field. He can play like four games and he gets hurt. So that's that's tough. And then Alan Lazard's good, but he's Devontae Adams. So I think we need we need to draft another really good receiver to go along with Devontae, and then have like Alan Lazard as our like third receiver. And if we can keep that defense together, because that defense was very good last year with all the injuries we had and everything, I think we still let Zadarius walk because we play, he played one game and we played fine without him the rest of the year. So I think if you can keep Rashawn Gary, keep Preston Smith, try and get Devondre Campbell to sign back because that's going to be tough. Aaron Rodgers is asking for $50 million. And then we extend Jair Alexander because I want to keep him for like 25 years. Then I think if you keep that defense together, you can fit in a couple more pieces on that offense. That's another dangerous team. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, but it all just comes down to money, which is kind of the whole point of this. It all just kind of comes down to how much he's making. Yeah, we won't know until the contract actually comes out. Yeah, which hopefully will be in a few weeks, but we don't have a, a date on it. I mean, it should be it should be in the in the coming days because the new the new NFL season starts. Was it Monday? Something like that. You can yeah. you can start tampering with like free agents Monday. So like they kind of they kind of need to know because you know how much money they have. So I, I I would assume we're gonna find out in the coming days, not weeks, about Aaron Rodgers' contract because free agency yeah, actually starts on Wednesday. So yeah, Aaron Rodgers yeah, said he was gonna make his decision, and then it took him like. Three months, so right. I mean, yeah, but if Rogers wants to win, then he would. He's gonna have to have him make a decision because all his good free agents that you could potentially be having are gonna start getting signed and swooped away. 
Meanwhile, you guys way. are waiting for Rodgers to make a decision. He'll make a decision when he makes a decision. I, I don't know that anyone can safely put a date on when that decision will be made. This is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about, the king of drama when it comes to the NFL. So, Agreed. That wasn't the biggest signing that day. No. <laughs> Five minutes after Aaron Rodgers gets signed. Mike Williams, baby. Oh, no, nobody mm-hmm. cares. Uh, people Mike Williams absolutely is care. Yeah, no, Mike, Mike Williams is very good. He makes Mike Williams hard catches contract. look easy. Mike Williams' contract is really sets the tone for how, how free agent receivers – because, I mean, free agent receivers are going to base how much money they want based off Mike Williams because – how much? How much was Mike Williams' contract? It's like, five, like, two years. Hang on, let me pull it up. Uh, three years, sixty mil. Mm. So if somebody like Chris Godwin is like, "Hey, I'm worth more than three years, sixty mil," now they got to pay even more money for him because Mike Williams got recent, got overpaid by the Chargers. Mike Williams is very good. He makes hard catches look easy. It's just, I don't know, but how healthy he's been and how. He's been on and off the field. And last year, he almost played every single game. But the year before that, he was on and off the field a lot. I don't know if he's worth that twenty million. I mean, he, I mean, he's making twenty mil a year, which is a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, of money. I mean, he's. I mean, he's not even. He's not even like receiver one on his on that team, Keenan Allen. So, <laughs> so, so, so a wide receiver two is making twenty mil a year. So some of these other wide receiver twos might see that as a chance. So if they start making more money, then wide receiver ones are going to start asking for for more money. It's just a domino effect, which I think is part of the reason why we couldn't get a deal done with Chris Godwin, because that news came out and like I mean we, we could have had a contract in place that was around that, maybe just a little bit more than that. He sees that and he's like, well, if this if Mike Williams is making uh twenty mil a year, I mean I'm better than Mike Williams. I mean this is this is his thought process. I can <laughs> I can make more than that. And I mean, I mean, like it could be him, it could be his agent. His agent's like, you can make more than this. So, I think, I think that contract really just kind of, it just kind of puts puts a lot of. How do I how do I word this? It it messes up free agency receivers because now they're going to be asking for more. Yep. And, and maybe I'm just salty because now Chris Godwin, that's going to take even longer for him to resign and even more money. You, you are definitely just a little salty. But... I am extremely salty. And the fact that Mike Williams would only go off on my fantasy bench, but that's also <laughs> that's just <funny>. me. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah. back to the, back to the trades. I feel like, I feel like we right. should touch on some of the smaller trades before we go right into the, to the Russell Wilson trade. I mean, Khalil Mack. Hey, now that happened like five minutes after Aaron Rodgers signed. Okay. All right, so let's get into it. What are some of the other smaller trades? Khalil Mack shipped off That's to a the very good trade for the Chargers to the Los Angeles Chargers. What did they give up? A second and a fifth, a second round pick this year and a fifth round pick next year. I would have given that up for Khalil Mack. I know he wasn't as good last year, but that Bears D line was not that good last. His year. name alone is worth more than that. I, I mean, think if you, I think wasn't he I mean, injured last got, season. No, he just didn't really play very well. That that Bears D line was not anything special at all, but if you you got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa coming at you, that's scary. Because Joey Bosa has been wrecking games by himself, and now he's got somebody else to help him. That seems scary now. Yes, but also like you said, you said that you would give up a second and a fifth. It's more than that because the Chargers took on. I mean. I mean, his full contract. They took on that entire just ginormous contract that he has. They like they're paying the full thing. Six year, hundred and forty one million. I mean, he's he's obviously played some of those years, but golly, dude, twenty. Yeah, he's making twelve mil, and then seventeen mil, and then seventeen mil in three years with the Chargers, and they're they're paying all of that. So that is. I mean, we'll have to see if he pans out. But Khalil Mack has been dominant for how long? Ever since he was drafted? Yeah. Khalil Mack, he's been a guy that you can just rely on. He is very consistent with what he does. You know, he was drafted number five overall back in 2014. And, you know, he's been a big name ever since. So I think, you know, what they gave up for him, 
is not a very, you know, not asking for a lot. Mm-hmm. Granted, he only played seven games this last year. I so, knew he was hurt. Oh, so he was hurt then. I just thought he like, didn't play well. No, no. He only played seven games in 2021. So it's, you know, a little bit to worry. You know, maybe he's having health issues that are going to transcend just this season. But maybe not. Maybe, you know, he'll be healthy and he'll be good to go for the rest of his career. You know, whether that's two years, 10 years, 20 years. Like, we don't know how long he's going to play for. But however long he does, we hope for his health. And he's fun to watch. So he's a game wrecker. He is. He very much is a game wrecker. And so I think what they traded for him is very much a valuable trade. Oh, only uh, a second and a fifth? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, that team was not far off of what they needed to be successful. So. Yeah, I agree. I think it's kind of a win-win. I think it's kind of a win-win because the Bears, because the Bears get like, so the Bears ship off that contract, which means they can afford Roquan Smith this offseason, this this upcoming offseason, not not this one coming up, but the next year. And I mean, Roquan Smith, Roquan Smith is a, very, very good linebacker. Yeah. So, I think I, I think that's smart for them to ship off that contract, and then toss toss the money towards a younger. I mean, somebody younger, somebody who's still still developing, coming into their own, who's in their prime, in Roquan yeah. Smith. The Chargers were a few defensive players off, you know, making the postseason and then making a run. Yep. Win win. Second so. Herbert. Herbert carries that team. He's so good. He is incredible. That whole so. division now, even just the quarterbacks. You just look at the quarterbacks in that division. When we speak of quarterbacks, we had another quarterback traded, and that was none other than who was it? Go ahead, Carson and tell Wentz. Me. Yes, sir. Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh no, not yet. <laughs> <Did I hear laughs> that? Car- I, wants to I think it's absolutely hilarious how Washington trades for Carson Wentz, and then like two days later, Deshaun Watson becomes available. That is so oh, yeah. funny to me. <laughs> That's the most Washington thing ever. <laughs> they they waited and waited, and then they're like, you know what? Fine, then let's just make a move for a quarterback. And then, they were on and then the they table get... to get Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. They were trying. They tried to get Mahomes. Like, don't even get me started. That was <laughs> that not, they were they were not gonna get Mahomes. <laughs> Nobody is. <laughs> like that's their guy. But I just I just thought it was absolutely hilarious how they they did that and then boom. But the commanders received Commander Carson Wentz, twenty twenty two second round pick, and then the Colts got a twenty twenty two second round pick as well. A twenty twenty third round pick and a 2023 third-round pick becomes a second-round pick if Wentz plays 70% of his snaps this season. So, basically, the Colts got two seconds and a third for a second in Carson Wentz. And then they basically just moved – and then Washington got Wentz, and then they basically just, like, moved back five picks in the second round. Pretty much all that happened. So, another just kind of, like, win-win trade. We'll see how Carson – I don't think Carson Wentz is that bad. He can make us a lot more hate than, than he deserves. He is not that bad. I think he. I think he's been playing scared ever since his injury. He's not he's afraid he's not to run elite. anymore. He's not elite, but he's definitely not like. He's not the liability on any garbage. Team his no. Yeah. I, he isn't the Jimmy Garoppolo of his team, being the no. sole reason the team didn't make a playoff run, didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Nice pass, Jimmy. <laughs> hey, leave you and Jimmy G out of this. Well, I love Jimmy G, but. They were one quarterback away. It's very bold of the Packer fan to be coming at Jimmy G. So what just happened? Oh. <laughs> I didn't even have a comment for that. Now that we've discussed. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did he trades. score on us? No. Now I that mean... we've discussed some of the small trades, let's get into the potentially the biggest trade of this offseason. And that's Russell Wilson. Nobody saw that coming. No. I, I can guarantee that not a – I mean, maybe there's a couple, but there's not people that thought, oh, Russell Wilson is going to be traded to Denver. So, see, I had a feeling that Russell Wilson was going to be traded because he had there had been so many talks about it. 
And then I'm honestly not terribly surprised that he went to the Broncos because the Broncos were already ready to give up a lot for Aaron Rodgers, which means they had already started to count out, you know, whatever it was that they were planning to trade for Rodgers. So when they, you know, realize that, okay, probably not getting Rodgers now. He said he's probably going to stay. So they decide we got to take something else, right? They know Russell Wilson wants out, you know, Seattle's willing to get rid of him. So I think, you know, it makes sense that that's where he would fall because they were already ready to give up so much for Aaron Rodgers. I'm wondering if that's the trade they were going to offer for Aaron Rodgers. And they just like, you know, just like, well, I guess we'll just offer it to the Seahawks and see if they'll take it. Or I wonder if they tweaked it a little bit and then sent it off to the Seahawks. I'm I not... would think that they would have tweaked it a little bit because you're not paying Russell Wilson the same that you're paying Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You'd be crazy to. I would also be shocked if the Packers are like, yeah, give us Drew Locke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Drew Locke's going to carry. <laughs> All right. Just that makes wait. one of us. Just you wait. <laughs> Wait until Drew Rock, Drew, well, Drew Locke is the MVP this year. Just you wait. He's going to do it. I can feel Drew it. Locke, if Drew Locke wins MVP this year, you can have my car for free. This, right, this, is, on, this is on record. This is on record. It on record now. This is on record. Oh, Drew Locke. I'm going to be the biggest Seattle advocate of this season. Let's go. Can you imagine if he just threw like 60 touchdowns? He's just like a beast. <laughs> We're not here to talk about Drew Locke. We're here to talk about <laughs> Russell Wilson. <laughs> uh, that would be I think, I think Russell Wilson came into the perfect system for him, though. They have they have a very good receiving core in Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, who was not as good this year, but he's still – we've seen what he can do in the past. I just think that Drew Locke was not good for Cortland Sutton. And then even Tim Patrick was playing well. Yeah. KJ they got, they got Albert Okwe Boonam. He was a decent backup tight end, but now he's going to be number one. But he was decent whenever Noah Fant was out. And then you obviously got Javante Williams, who's better, one of the better young running backs in the league. Powerhouse. Dude, that man is a bowling ball of just pure muscle. And their offensive line is not – it's much better than the Seahawks' offensive line. So, Russell Wilson shouldn't be getting hit as much as he was in Seattle. So I think he, I think I think he fits in well on that offense. Yep, I I agree. I mean, and I mean that defense too is pretty. It's pretty solid. It's solid. They're they're missing a couple pieces. They're not as dominant as they used to be, but if they can fill in a couple of those pieces in this upcoming draft, I mean, the draft and the fact that now the Broncos become like a very like interesting team to upcoming free agents, who will yeah. potentially want to go play in Denver with Russell Wilson. So that's, I mean, hey, go and get Bobby Wagner. Just toss, toss Bobby Wagner sense. on that defense. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, Bobby I'm, Wagner. Yeah. I'm so surprised that they got rid of Bobby Wagner. That I'm just shows they're going for rebuild. I'm shocked they just cut him. Oh, do you not trade him at least? He's been like so consistent. Like, I know this year was one of his, you know, lesser years, but he was still playing good. And so I just – I cannot believe that he has now just been cut. And I would be shocked if he doesn't find himself playing somewhere this year. Oh, if nobody signs him, I'm going to be highly disappointed in, in the league. Yeah. I, mean, he'll get, I mean, he'll get signed. Yeah. There's, there's no shot that he doesn't get signed unless he just, like, announces his retirement, unless he's like, I don't want to play for anybody else. The Seahawks cut me. I'm going to call it – I'm going to call it a – which, honestly, he could do, and I wouldn't be too upset. I wouldn't be too shocked or upset if he just called it a career after. I mean, he's years. what? He's thirty-two. He's he's no, around. He, he's, he's he's around there. Thirty-three, yeah. So. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I mean, well, when did Luke Keekley retire? That that one came out of nowhere. Luke Keekley was still one of the best middle linebackers in the league. I mean, yeah, yeah but Luke, Luke Keekley was also dealing with concussions. Like every other week. And like. Yeah. Like those, those two, and then Levante David all came out of the same draft, and Levante David's still playing, and he's still playing great. So yeah, for sure. Well, just I mean, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with Bobby Wagner. But I do kind of want to see, like, discuss what where do you guys think the Seahawks go with the ninth pick now? 
it depends on what they do in free agency, but I don't. I think they go quarterback if they can't find one. I don't think you trust Drew. So who do you pick? <laughs> who do you take? Yeah, it depends take? on what's there, but well, they will. All of the quarterbacks will be there at the ninth pick. I'm fairly confident in that. The only way that they won't is if, for whatever reason, the Lions just like snag Malik Willis at number two, which I don't think yeah. will happen. But it's. I, mean, I think I mean, they'll take like Aiden Hutchinson or Thibodeau. I, I think mean, it's the they, draft. You never know. I think if they got if they got Malik Willis still at nine, I think they take Malik Willis. I think he's shades of Russell Wilson. He's that guy that can. He's very accurate downfield, and he can scramble when he needs to. I think you throw. I think you throw in Malik Willis. He fits the system. I how I see it is it's either Malik Willis or no QB in this draft. Because, like, this is just not a very strong, like, QB-heavy draft. So, even if the Seahawks decide to just take their poison, play MVP Drew Locke for a season, Dude, I'm telling get, a, you. Get, a, get a draft pick next year, draft Bryce Young, then there you go. Then all of a sudden, they've got Bryce Young in that system. Yeah. So, I could I could easily see them. Maybe they go offensive line. We talked about how I think that would be the smart is. thing. I think Maybe. it would be smart to go – you know, build up that offensive line, maybe grab a defensive player. But you got to remember, they now have the first and the second round overall picks from the Broncos next year. So say that they, you know, finish bottom half, middle of the table, right? And they, they've got a, like a 12, 13 pick next year. You trade two number one picks to whoever has the number one, you know, probably J- Jacksonville, but we're not going to get into that. The Jets. Uh, Maybe the yeah, Jets. The Jets. <laughs> I'm willing to bet it's if you go to one of those teams, right, and you say, "Here's two first rounders," you probably can trade up and look to get a, you know, Bryce Young, a, you know, what's I remember the guy's CJ name. Stroud. Yeah, I could not remember his name. So, like, I, I think that's the better idea because this is such a strong offensive and defensive line class. I think you would be remiss to not if you're going to go full rebuild if you're going to retain you know dk and tyler lockett and you think that you could potentially have a shot which i don't think they do then maybe you pick take a quarterback and you hope that you know they can put you on the edge but i don't see any of the quarterbacks in this draft class doing that now see that's what i was saying i could they could all i mean they could also go and get deshaun watson we don't know so i could i could also see them going linebacker to replace bobby wagner you know, you yeah. got Devin, you got, you got Devin Lloyd, Nicobe Dean, those those like those really good middle linebackers that you can snag. I I think they go either offensive line or middle linebacker. It all depends on who is there. Because like I mean, Charles Cross could just as easily fall to nine and end up being the best offensive lineman in this draft. Facts. So, offensive linemen are hit or miss, especially this early. I mean, it's such. In such a heavy offensive line class like this, you kind of you kind of have to have to take the risk of hit or miss. Oh yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Charles so Cross many. could fall to nine; and he could be the best. And Evan Neal could just be a huge bust. You never know. Yeah. Dang, dude, could you imagine the best offensive lineman in a draft class falling to you? I love you, Tristan Wars. <laughs> Shout out, shout out T works on that one. But yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, time time will tell. This this upcoming week is going to be a big one. I could I could see Deshaun Watson getting moved as early as Wednesday, Thursday. I could see it taking a little bit longer. Free agency starts. Uh, the tampering period is Monday, but they won't technically sign until Wednesday. Right. So, but I mean, teams are still like announced. I mean, I'm sure on Monday there'll be some teams that'll be like, yeah, we've we've agreed to a contract with this player, and then he'll officially sign on Wednesday. So right. this this week's gonna be a big a big week, and we'll know a lot more by by next episode what's going on. Right. I think that's not a terrible place for us to wrap it up. Um, you know, we're gonna have a lot of stuff hopefully to talk about next week. We're gonna have you know some more signs. You know, the beginning of free agency, probably more draft talk. Our fourth member, Michael's back. <laughs> Rest in peace, Mike. <laughs> Rest in so. peace. He's just out of town. Oh yeah, my bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I think you know we'll be updating you guys on Instagram. Please, on Instagram, uh, it's to the crib. 
just like it is here. We will be posting stories, you know, regular post with trades, anything that you might want to keep up with will be there. Please go there, you know, like the stuff up, view it, and leave us some comments if you have ideas on things you'd like to see discussed, some, you know, things that you'd like us to you know, dig a little bit deeper into. And yeah, hope to see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Any closing thoughts from you guys? In honor yeah. of Michael, MLB's back, baby. Yes, sir. In honor of Michael, go CSU. I don't know. That's just the person that I thought of. Wow, that was, that was so I'm fun. Not a, I'm not actually a CSU fan. I can, I can care less about CSU. But in honor of Michael, after peace and love. Oh, Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Oh, yeah, we have to mention Joe Montana. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, at Michael, least Joe once Mon- Joe Montana, Michael. <laughs> All right. Peace out, y'all. All right, peace. See you guys.